If you love football, yelling at television screens with friends, and wearing clothing with someone else's name on it, there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings, where you can enjoy football food and football beverages on our new $5 game day menu. Cheeseburger and fries, brats, cocktails, and pitchers of beer are just $5 each. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Price and participation vary by location. Not valid with any other offer. Please drink responsibly. And we're back here on the show. It's me, Hugh. It's Sanders here. And we've got the real son joining us. And it's been, a, I don't know, a couple of years at least, eh? I think it's been about five years at least. Five years, yeah. Since we came on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's great. Great to have great you to back. Great to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we're talking today about, I mean, I know you've got your band and you, and you do your spoken word stuff, but uh, today we're really talking about uh, um, a youth program that you put together. And do you want to just kind of give us uh, an introduction to it? Yeah, sure. Um, maybe we could watch the video because oh, yeah. that would be a really good introduction. In yeah, there. just uh, set this video Thank up you. for us if yeah, you could. Then <laughs> we totally the, forgot. Then I don't even know, and, and then we won't have to repeat the information yeah, that's there. It, well, here we go. So what I found when I was doing the spoken word unit was that um, I would, someone would stand up and I would have no idea what they were going to talk about and then they would say something. Their entire poem was written on something I had no idea they were going through and they were considered one of my closest friends. I think I understand myself more because it's kind of like a self-reflection. So you, kind of, you look back on yourself and you kind of look for who you are. Because for us to be remembered in a hundred years, we need someone to remember us back. I'm done being afraid. I'm done being scared. I'm done being terrified. On the Horizon is comprised of two main elements, musical keynotes and workshops. Musical keynotes is a keynote address infused into a live musical performance with myself and my band, performing songs from my latest album, Horizon. But every year, students are blown away by each other. And I think there's... Yeah, some remarkable, remarkable things that happen to them collectively. In the workshops, I use spoken word poetry as a vehicle for engaging the curriculum, but also gives a fresh flair to the curriculum materials that the students are learning um, to infuse art creation and exploration of true authentic voice in a way that incorporates emotional integrity. Son. So, what made you start this project? Um, well, this particular formation kind of came together, um, I think, about six years ago when I started working at uh, the University of Toronto Schools, which is a private school mm -hmm. in downtown Toronto affiliated with uh, U of T. And um, I had started out, actually, one teacher found me. I was doing a, a keynote speech at a youth leadership conference called Ruckus. And um, his brought his students down. And I guess they really liked 
what I had to say to them and they kind of said we have to bring her to our school and so they brought me in for an Asian Heritage Month uh, assembly um, and then we kind of kept on working together and trying to explore how can we use spoken word poetry as a way to engage young people in deeper conversations about social justice in deeper conversations about unpacking uh, aspects of understanding our identity um, and so I started working with this teacher um, James Campbell is amazing amazing ally um, to develop this curriculum um, for grade 10 English. Mm -hmm. So particularly using uh, spoken word as a way to engage the English curriculum in high schools to give a bit more depth to the poetry unit that they already have going on um, and to provide a space for youth to really explore the deeper conversations that they have uh, not a chance to do most times in school, right? So it's, it's an opportunity for them to ask deeper questions about what's my purpose? You, you know, know what I also, I'm, I'm so glad you, you suggested we watch that first yeah. as opposed to talk about it, then watch it, because I have different questions than I would have had had I not seen that. One of the things that came clear to me in watching that, it was it, it, because I didn't actually, you don't get to hear what they're saying. Mm. So, you know, the whole element of, you know, social justice or speaking about, you know, certain issues is one element. But the other thing was their public speaking. Mm. So they're developing confidence. Yeah. That even even just that alone, just to be able to stand up in, the, in there and say, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so, just to speak a little bit about yourself, is huge yeah. in, in your identity as well. So yeah. there's that other uh, added component as well. Absolutely. And it, it, it provides a space for youth to explore public speaking. But there's something really magical that happens when you invite young people to share stories that are meaningful for them. Yes. Um, in the sense where one of the most profound things that happens every year is that these youth get up and they bare their souls and they talk about things that they've never had a space to talk about this before. This is in your program. Yeah, and, right? and they talk about issues going on with family. They talk wow. about different social issues that they care about. They talk about personal issues that they um, have kind of been holding to themselves. And in that space, and I take really care to uh, try and establish a space where people feel safe to yes, share. Yes, yes, um, sacred. So, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, it is kind of a sacred space that we form and, and trust is a huge component um, of the work that we do. And what actually ends up happening is that there's this sense of community that gets built in the classroom and, and the feedback that I get constantly from teachers is that you know after I leave it's it's the poetry unit but it's beyond the poetry unit because now there's a sense of community that's been formed that kind of stays because um, of the depth of sharing of the depth of sharing and so everyone feels a little bit closer and Absolutely. understands everybody else a little bit more yeah. now you do you do this um, once you have formed this kind of community sense of this bond do you come do we do you go back and you do it maybe you know once a month or once every two weeks or is it once a year thing the, the full reiterate like the full iteration of the unit looks like um, I'll come in to do a, a musical keynote um, which is a performance with myself and my band where I share my own personal stories okay um, share my poetry share my music and kind of break the ice right so that the students kind of get a sense that okay maybe it is okay to go a little it's bit permission deep. yeah giving it gives permission. permission to kind of yes. open that space um, and then I'll go in for eight workshops great okay. so I'm in there eight times usually five uh, instructional sessions and three evaluation sessions because at the end every single student will share um, a poem that they've written on on the topic. That now, is it once about. a week or how? Uh, is it that depends on on like the scheduling the with the schools. But okay. the, we usually span it um, between a month 
to a couple of months because okay. we also I'll go in and then I'll give them time to work on their piece and of then course, I'll come back and you know lead them through the different steps. Wow! It's too, now, and you do this in high schools, or yeah. yeah. So at UTS specifically, I've done this unit. Um, well, I did it in the formation um, that I just explained to you for five years in a row. Um, so in essence, the the unit has become integrated into their curriculum. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's it's and and the, and we've been able to um, work with the guidelines of the Ontario uh, educational curriculum. Uh, benchmarks, yes. and so uh, we've been able to create evaluation tools and rubrics that fit um, the guidelines of the mm -hmm. educational mm -hmm. or the Ministry of Education, but also is this alternative space that we can play with um, to give depth to the oral communication skills, the language skills, poetry skills that they are mandated to already learn from the on, from the province. That's amazing. And how, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, why do you think there's such a need for this kind of, it's almost like a extra beyond the normal curriculum. Um, why is there such a need for that in the first place? Why isn't, why aren't those needs being addressed already? I think right now what we have is an evolving generation, right? There's a generation that's in our schools right now that are coming into this world more awakened, you think that's what's going on? I do. I really do. And I think... <laughs> I do. And I think also our education systems are uh, very archaic in nature. Mm. They're very mm -hmm. slow to change. Mm -hmm. They were created um, during the formation of the Industrial Revolution where everything was based on a factory line. There's a mm -hmm. lecture by Ken Robinson called, um, uh, I think, Changing Education Paradigms. It's like a whiteboard uh, lecture on YouTube. And he talks about that, uh, you know, we, we kind of organize our students in batches, almost like date of expiration mm -hmm. or date mm -hmm. of manufacture is the most important thing. We, we, we group them in what year they were so it's born. Like a lot number yeah, and, 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 and they're put kind of on an assembly line form mm -hmm. of education that doesn't account for the individuality of the students. That doesn't account for, you know, the power of creativity and transformation, the power of creativity and helping young people discover who they are. And what ends up happening is that we have these students going through um, the system of education, learning things that a lot of them will n not use. A lot of the information that you learn in school, you don't yeah. really use yes. in real life. Um, so it's irrelevant to their lived mm -hmm. experiences. Mm -hmm. It's culturally irrelevant as well. So in terms of bringing in the arts, we're able to bring in uh, an approach to education that is culturally relevant to a lot of our students, um, that the current education system that isn't structurally built to accommodate for. Um, and also, I think there's a real power of, of, of transformative power in the arts yes, that has yes. not been uh, acknowledged in our mainstream yes. education system. You know, the arts funding is, you know, one of the lowest in, in, in priority in terms of how schools are funded, in mm -hmm. terms of what, uh, you know, space of time these classes take up in school. And um, the things that I've seen happen when we're able to engage young people in these deeper conversations through art is amazing. It's, it's transforming. It's transformative. Well, I yeah. think I think to your point, I think one of the things about it is you all the barriers between um, you know religion, culture, you know, gender, all of and all these biases are just gone 
when you look at just when focus on the art and music is actually universal right so so it, it, it all of the all of those things are gone those compartmentalization things are gone so it's almost to me like a new way of educating because it's like let's just look at who we are as opposed to the box that we came in well I don't think they're gone in the sense okay. I think I think art or appreciated maybe well, would that be a better art word creates a space for us to actually look at these things in a critical way in creative ways of deepening dialogue right I think but not n- a non-prejudiced way Art is accessible, right? Okay. Art, art is accessible for everybody, and I think um, art is a really good platform to create spaces of unity amongst people. It creates spaces for us to have these deeper dialogues around race and gender and socioeconomic status and class. Um, it provides a space for us to have that conversation creatively. Um, and because I feel like art is in, of a, in and of itself a unifying nature allows space for us to have that dialogue in ways that are less divisive than you know your typical political conversations about these topics and it it also creates an accessible entry point for young people to engage in this conversation as well like I started out as an artist educator with a group called Lost Lyrics uh, back in Mm. like 2006 and our primary um, entry point to these conversations was through hip-hop and identifying um, you know specific songs and specific aspects of the hip-hop culture that we can speak to to um, give context to the lived experiences of the young people of what they were going through you know I'm I'm from a community called Jane and Finch where there's a huge African Caribbean population we also had uh, a site in Malvern where the demographics are very similar and and when we're dealing with um, these populations there's a lot of racism you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. systemic racism, especially for the black community. Um, and when you're able to introduce these deeper conversations using an art form that the youth already are gravitating towards, there's real um, there's a real space that opens up an opportunity to uh, help young people place their experiences within a context that they can understand, relate to, and Mm -hmm. use as tools moving forward, right? Now that sounds to me like an education platform, really. (laughs) Yeah, and that's... What a novel concept. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what Voice of Purpose is, is is my company that I've just started, which serves as a platform um, largely for the purpose of um, serving as a platform of education, but serving as a platform um, for the evolving generation to help us find our purpose earlier on. Because what I found mm-hmm. is that with, um, with the current education system and with the current state of our societies and with the way that they're, they're structured, it's like you go to school, right? Mm-hmm. You uh, go into the areas of study that you think are su- that you're supposed to go into. That based, will make money. That will make money that you, you know, your parents are pushing you into because mm-hmm. they want you to have a specific type of profession. Mm-hmm. And you go mm-hmm. to school, you, you know, you get the grades, you, you, if you're lucky enough and have the means, you go to university and then you graduate and you go into this profession. And oftentimes what happens is in that entire journey, we're never given the space to ask ourselves, why are we here? What is your purpose? What is your calling? What do you really want? What do you really want? And what are you here to do? And so then and you spend your whole entire life going through this motion and then you wake up and you're 40, 50 years old at a job you hate 
living a life that's just kind of a routine uh, regurgitation of the day before and you've lost passion for life and then at that point some people have now started to ask deeper questions about what's my purpose and why am I here and I don't want young people to have to wait that long I want them to have that conversation with themselves now when you're 15 and you're about to go into making these bigger life decisions you know yeah, yeah. boy I wish I would have had that opportunity no, see I did that and then oh. now look at me now you're, I just and you're wish, doing amazing. I just wish I had a steady job, you know, bringing in the, <laughs> the cash every week. Know what I'm saying? Just well, it's the balance, right? It's the balance. And and I think that's, like, that's so key of, of uh, I think that's true success for me, is, like, being able to live your passion yeah. and, and your purpose. I know. And being able to survive, yeah. and not just survive, but thriving. But that's the hard part. That's I mean, the to balance. Me, that's the... That's, see, you call it hard, she listen, calls it balance. There, well, look at the perception. She's I, she's gonna get it a lot quicker than you are because just look at <laughs> look at the way you worded that. No, I think you need to take her spoken. Do you do this for adults too? I do. I can I actually do workshops for adults, but they're more healing. I only write poetry <laughs> for money. <laughs> What's that? I only write poetry for money. Okay, well then, just okay. Saying, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, no, but so, I, wait. I want to ask a question. Um, so you're going to have to <laughs> referee this. So. I need a whistle. You're talking. Here, I, got, I got something better. Ooh. It's Ooh. the Do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, now, you're talking about that the younger generation is really, you're, co- you're saying that they're closer to, what did you say about them, the younger generation? They're more, they're awakened. I, th- I think they're yeah. being born more awakened. Yeah, well, I mean, people talk about the crystal children. Or the indigo children, whatever that means, right? That's because you're not one of them. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, but my question is, so what do you think if, if uh, obviously, we don't want this generation or any generation to fall between the cracks, right? We want to give them every opportunity, right, to shine, to bring, to find their purpose and to bring that purpose into the world, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think that purpose is as a collective generation? Well, I think... What we as as adults, we've done a pretty crappy job of maintaining the earth. You know, I think the previous generations that have come before the generation that is here now, we've tried our best. I don't think you fall into that category. I well, (laughs) you know, I (laughs) I have to claim the title of adult now, apparently. But I, I mean. Sure. The art. Let's say before the, you. The You're just being nice. The, the, the generation. It's not you. The generations that created the world in which the youth are being born into now have not been great at being keepers of the earth. Have not been great, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at at creating Absolutely. spaces of. Um, you know, there's been so much destruction, and we know that. You know, there's still a lot of war going on. There's mm-hmm. so much pollution and destruction on the earth that is and has been going on for generations, and I think. Um, we are leaving the youth that are coming into this world with that legacy Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the ones that are being born are being born with that purpose of cleaning up this stuff that's exactly yeah I think think that's really what the the purpose of Mm -hmm. the next generation is I think that's all of our purpose to be honest with you Mm -hmm. I think at the core humanity and humankind our true purpose in life is to be happy is to live in joy is to live in abundance to live um, in peace and in harmony but when we are not connected to who we truly are there's an emptiness that comes 
uh, and festers inside with which we fill with material things, we fill with destructive relationships, we fill with substances that are not healthy for us because we feel this gap inside and that gap is caused because we are not connected to yes. our true purpose. Yes. Because we're yes. not connected to a sense of fulfillment. That comes with understanding and knowing who you are. And, and only through understanding and knowing who you are is the avenue to purpose. Yes. Right? And, and how you get to that place of, of, of that deep love and appreciation and, and understanding of who you are, I think, is also through healing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's some of the other work that I do um, alongside my educational work and artistic work. They're all kind of fused, like art, education, healing, and social justice. Those are kind of like the four pillars of everything that I do. Um, and so I think what the young generation that is being born now is here to do is also to help heal us. Is, is to I, help I would heal absolutely 100% agree. I do feel yeah. I've always felt that they're it, they have to clean up the mess that uh, that we have made, and it's it's not it's it's actually I wouldn't want to be born being a, a, you know the youth at this time because I I think it's they've got the raw deal. Our, mm -hmm really do and I actually kudos to anybody who is and to the work you're doing because yeah, uh, thank you. I think it's also really needed. as adults what we can do is to help steward them into those yeah. spaces where they can do that work in a deep way you know encourage our young people to explore themselves encourage our young people to find their true purpose their true voice so let me ask you as part of the yeah. new wave of you know the future generation do you see us moving to a world with no money um, I think we are moving towards a world where abundance is understood on a level that transcends money. Yay! See, I told you. It's funny because I was just thinking what we need to do. We want to inspire these kids to clean up. Let's pay them. Right? Yes, well, here's the thing. Uh, there's no point of being anti-money. No, it's not or that. Or pro-money. Money is a means to an end. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a currency that allows us to exchange energy in an efficient way. However, the problem comes when people place value on money Over. As, as a thing yeah. in and of itself and yeah. not as a means. Yes. You know, we've become obsessed with power and money has become synonymous with power, which is a huge fallacy. And when you're finding your true purpose, when everybody is doing, carrying out their true purpose, money takes on a lot less importance. It's not a As long as you have enough of it. Everybody would, though. Uh, yeah? Okay, yeah, I can't everybody wait. Would. Let me know when that happens. <laughs> okay, that'll be great. I have a crazy theory. Yeah. Is that, like, when you are, when you are fulfilled, yeah. and when you are in alignment with your purpose, you get filled with a sense of abundance. There's a feeling of abundance, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and which comes along with a higher frequency vibration. And then what happens? And then what happens is that those things become exactly. attracted to you. And so you, and when you can place yourself in a space of feeling abundant and feeling happy and feeling fulfilled, more of those things will come to you. Naturally. Because you, you attract it. You attract well, it. Called law of attraction. If I can add yes, to absolutely. that. If, <laughs> if I can add to that, son, I was going to say, Sandra, that then this goes along with your idea of if it doesn't work for everyone, it then it can't, can't work, work for, for anyone. anyone. What I'm getting at is that, uh, see, because what I think is that fundamentally, because I look at it, I'm not just, I'm really looking at it seriously, and I think we need to redefine money. I think because money is an abstract concept, it has certain rules, man-made rules. Mm -hmm. 
and because of the rule set that defines what money is, that we have a system that's fundamentally in unjust, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why a lot mm -hmm. of people don't want to have anything to do with money. It's also why I think as a society, we often reward the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I think to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, I think what we need to redefine is the meaning of success. I think we need to redefine success, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, but, 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 and part of that is rewarding what our new definition of success is with whatever kind of means of exchange that rewards that But behavior. I think to her point, and I don't want to put words in your mm -hmm. mouth, but I think what you're saying is when we are doing, carrying out our purpose, that's the reward. And then well, the abundance as happens as long as you have enough to eat and a roof over your head. He doesn't get it, son. You know? well, I think you no, need to absolutely. do an adult class <laughs> here. <and you> <laughs> no, I mean, you tried doing it without all those things, right? Well, I think also what you're saying speaks to, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? As long as you have your basic needs met, beyond that is additional stuff. That's true. And Hugh, have right? you ever absolutely. not had your basic so, needs met? So, and I think part of success defining success is having your basic needs met. You can't feel successful in life if you don't have enough food to eat, if you don't have a safe place you for shelter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So absolutely money plays a part because we live in an economy where money is the, the, you know, the thing that helps you to pay your rent and buy your food <coughs> and, and these exchanges to get your basic needs. So mm -hmm. in that sense, yes, money is important, right? But at a certain point, there the money is not enough absolutely yes. in fact they've keep done successful they've and done happy. studies and at, mm -hmm. at a certain level in a corporate environment more money does not help right yeah. you need more out of your job than yeah. just the money you mm -hmm. need to yeah. have a sense of fulfillment a sense of which achieving your purpose right and w yeah it, which comes back to this big lie that we've been fed you know our entire educational systems are structured around plugging young people to participate in the, the yes. economic system. That was the entire purpose of why education was created, was to educate people enough so that they can get a job at a factory or in this place where you can earn money. You know, So total disconnection well, in terms it's, of it's, who it's, they it's, are. It's a disconnection from who they are, but, and it's also placing importance on, um, you know, the, the wrong piece, yes. I think. Yes. It's you know? like your role to, to fulfill the corporate agenda. You yeah. know, that's essentially yeah. what they were I training. I think our education system should be geared towards helping our young people find purpose, mm -hmm. how, help them to find happiness. And financial literacy is a part of that. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. should be teaching mm -hmm. youth mm -hmm. how to be financially literate. And why yeah, is that it? Why is it that we have like four years of mandatory, like up until you're 18 or 17 years old in high school, math is a mandatory uh, subject, and yet most young people come out and have to learn financial literacy elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, banking and 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 invest. Uh, you know, yeah, financial yeah. security. That should be a course, actually. Yeah, that should be a. So Total. there's so many holes, right? There's yeah. all these holes in our education yeah. system. Um, and my approach to it is, you know, if we were to place more value on the principles around helping young people redefine success and find their true purpose in yeah. life and find fulfillment in who they are and appreciation and happiness in who they are, um, I think that should be the primary goal of, of, of education as opposed to where it is now. Um, and I think if we can convince our educators 
our teachers, our principals, and our parents um, towards that end, I think we could have a huge uh, transformation in not just our education system, but out of that transformation in the way that we relate to one another, in the way that young people are able to create meaning in their lives. Yes, yeah. It will change our corporate structures. It will change our economic structures. It will change the level of disease that exists. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there was a health bill plummeting. Yeah, right. And and that and that's the thing is, um, so much attention has been placed on the things that are actually helping us to So we need disrupt. to get you in every single school. That would be amazing. That so would be amazing. But uh, of course I don't have the capacity to do every school but the, <laughs> but the goal, but the dream is is to um, bring this formula to more and more schools and to more and more educators so that we can, we can use what works to empower our young people in this way and so um, and, yeah. so, and we have Go ahead. You go. I was, um, we have, uh, I, I know that we have um, Asia um, in May is... Asian Heritage Month. Asian Heritage, yes. Heritage Month. Yes. And so this is actually what you did a couple of years ago, too. That's how you first started, wasn't That's, it? Through yeah, that was kind of an introduction that I had into UTS, the school where I really created this okay. structure. And, and that school was uh, is primarily a large Asian population okay. in that school. Um, but the, the work that I've done, I've done in all cultures context like I've done this unit in Kingston and Peterborough um, I've done this unit in, in inner city schools so it, it's transferable regardless of race right. um, but yeah Asian Heritage Month is coming up in May and and I this would be perfect this would be perfect for uh, a lot of our Asian students I think too because I think in um, there's a lot of stereotypes that of course come along with the Asian community that you know we are the model minority that we are really good at math and really good at at school, and <laughs> and um, you know we're very uh, obedient and dismissive or, or uh, docile, you know these sorts of things. And um, I think based on cultural realities of what exists within the family, is this dynamic of young people. Um, feeling like their pressure to perform and succeed mm -hmm. is very um, prevalent in the Asian community, where a lot of young people feel like because pressure, of pressure a to lot of pressure. a lot of pressure yeah. to um, to be the best and to only study certain fields. You know, you're either going to be a doctor, lawyer, an accountant. You choose one. Engineer, engineer, or engineer, one. right? <laughs> doctor, lawyer, engineer, yes. or accountant. Yes, those are your choices pick one and yes. go. But yes. you can do anything you want, right? Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> Go where the money is. Go where right? the money is. And um, go where the magic is. I think that's what we should change it to. But I, I think also um, I feel the need to kind of address some of these stereotypes in the Asian community as well because, you know, speaking about education, um, what I understand, I'm not going to speak for all Asian cultures, cultures or countries because there's many 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 of them um, but speaking from a Korean context I'm Korean and um, back in like the times of the kingdoms in Korea education has always been a very uh, important aspect of culture in the sense that education was reserved for the aristocratic class and mm. education was uh, a way for you to gain power in political 
spaces. And so if you, ne you needed to pass an exam and be super smart in order to gain positions of power in society. Um, and, and so within the cultural context, um, also within Confucianism, there was this importance placed on education where you needed to be successful in school in order to be successful in life. Um, and I know a lot of different cultures have a similar understanding mm -hmm. as well, but mm -hmm. it's, it's embedded into the DNA of our culture. And so a lot of people think that it's a genetic thing that Asian kids are very dedicated to school and that parents really push their kids to be really good at school. It's not a genetic thing. It's a cultural thing, and it's very deeply rooted in our understanding mm -hmm. of, of society and how, what it takes to become a, a, a good citizen of the world starts first with your performance in school. Wow. Um, so I kind of just wanted to put, that, yeah. put that out but there. But that's a good thing. That, yeah. I mean, I, mean that's, I think that's one of the reasons now for the success of those Asian cultures now, China, Korea, Japan, in a sense, uh, achieving a level of economic and perhaps even cultural success that we're starting to see kind of fall by the wayside here in Canada. That, that yes, um, there, that is a part of it. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also an aspect of uh, this idea of the model minority myth that's been painted in North American culture, mm -hmm. wow. where uh, within the larger race dynamics yeah. um, of, of our past um, you know, anti-black racism is a really real thing, right? Um, and when you get put on this spectrum where there has been this oppression of black people for hundreds of years, um, the, the, the power that be, the powers that be further used uh, uh, these various different tactics to further push the black population down. So what I'm talking about, the model, the model minority myth is something that was coined by Time magazine in 1966. They placed an article specifically talking about the Japanese population and saying, well, you know, look at how well the Japanese are doing. They went through Japanese internment during World War II, and, and, and look how well they're doing now as opposed to these other people and, and, and referring to the black population, right? So they're comparing like 500 years of chattel slavery to like 10 years of internment. And, 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 and so it, it was almost like, well, we'll give you a little bit of extra privilege. Who, the Japanese population? Yeah, yeah, so the Asian, Asian, wow. Asian um, cultures have been given a lot of privilege, one, because we're lighter skinned. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and two because culturally, um, the 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 work ethic of Confucianism and and our cultural kind of uh, you know what I had just described about the education, we fit kind of well within to the Protestant work ethic kind of framework, um, and our families also weren't torn apart in the same way that they were in the black community over hundreds of years, and so mm. there there was this division that was also created within communities of color um, to further promote the agenda of the people in power. Okay, so that's a huge conversation and that's what happens here on Liquid Lunch sometimes. We just, we start out, we start, we get thing. to know each other and then we get into something and we could talk all day about it. Um, so maybe we would love to have you back, son. Absolutely. And we can have a big conversation. Maybe you should do a show. Regular show. Oh, well, do all these I, issues, would, I would love to do a show. So we'll talk about that after. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, that after. <laughs>
But anyways, it's but been great to you. have you on today. And of course, um, if anybody in any of the education systems or anywhere else wants to get in touch with you to follow up on some of the things you were talking about today, what is yeah. the best way for them to do that? Um, well, you can find me at therealsun.com. And uh, my bookings is through bookings with an S, B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S, at therealsun.com. And I am booking right now for the month of May for, for presentations school. around Asian Heritage Month uh, for schools and in universities. And so. we're looking at high schools? High schools and universities. And universities. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Absolutely. And that's all of Ontario, Toronto? Uh, worldwide. <laughs> worldwide, wherever this is going. Okay. Um, and wow. so Love I'll that. do... I'll do like no keynotes, musical keynotes, assemblies, or workshops. So fantastic! Yeah. Thank you. Great Thank to you see so you again. What a great education! Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. you so much. Okay. Well, we got more coming She's up. Really smart. I know. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Let's. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a little break. We got more coming up here on LiveWithLunch.Channel.Com. Is that camera? That channel. <laughs>